We spoke with Scott Phillips, our finance guru, which we'll do in our next 20 minutes or so. And yesterday it was the latest wages figures that had been revealed. And on the face of it, good news, wages had risen 3.3% for the year to December. Real wages, though, have gone backwards because of the soaring inflation levels. Inflation is sitting at 7.8%. So it means that wages just aren't keeping up with the soaring cost of everything. And time and time again, we know how hard it is for so many people to make ends meet. Even if you've got a full-time job, even if you've got a well-paying job, everyone's feeling the pinch. So what does this mean? And some economists have come out and said that it should give the Reserve Bank reason to pause their rapid interest rate hikes. But the RBA made it clear in the minutes of their latest board meeting that interest rates will keep rising until inflation comes down and comes down significantly. And at 7.8%, it's got a long way to come down. Now, they're calling us as well to help them out, the Reserve Bank. For the first time in the central bank's history, they've opened up the recruitment process for two of their board positions, and it's open to members of the general public. I wonder if you think you've got what it takes to sit on the Reserve Bank board. Shane Wright broke that story. He's the senior economics correspondent with the Sydney Morning Herald, owned by the same company, Nine, that owns us, 2GB, and he's on the line for us now. Shane, welcome to Afternoons. Good afternoon, Deb. So we'll talk about the recruitment drive in just a tick, the story that you had in the paper today. But the wages data released yesterday, it's gone up by 3.3%, which on the face of it is good because it is the biggest year wages growth in a decade. But really, it's not a, a wage rise. It's a wage cut because of inflation, isn't it? That's right. It's, at the end of the day, you can buy less with your increased wage uh, increased wage, because the price of stuff has gone up. And we've already seen some signs of that, uh, say, in the retail sector, that prices are going up and people are actually buying less less goods, fewer goods, fewer services. And, and that's what people are feeling right now. Uh, part of it is by design. So the 7.8% uh, in lift in inflation, a part of that is actually the uh, in interest rates going up. Mm. Interest rates do feed into the measure of inflation. Even though that's so, what the Reserve Bank Board is trying to bring down. Well, the Reserve Bank uh, has has one hammer, and that's called interest rates to deal with a lot of different nails in the economy, and that's what it has to swing, and that's what it is swinging pretty hard. But even these, these wage figures were, would be a surprise for the Reserve Bank because just a fortnight ago, they were saying, oh, wages growth should be about 3.5%. They come in under that. The bank has had a long history of miss missing the uh, the changes in wages and missing on the underside about just how quickly wages are, tra are travelling. Mm. So this is just adds to that uh, long litany of uh, misses for them. And the average weekly earnings numbers for November have also come out today. What do they show? Yeah, they're roughly in line with what uh, the wage price index, but the two things measure things slightly differently. Of course, the average weekly earnings measures wages in dollars and cents. And so by that measure, wages have gone up about $59. Uh, the average wage has gone up $59 a week over the past 12 months. But unlike the wage price index, which tries to encapsulate all costs associated with employing, uh, the average weekly earnings can get thrown around just by particularly uh, the number of full-time workers in the uh, jobs market relative to the number of part-time because obviously they get paid slightly differently. Mm. So 
All up, what do the wages figures mean for inflation and for interest rates? Because that's what we're looking at everything through that lens. And there have been some economists saying that it won't have much influence on the RBA's decisions because the inflation rate is still so high, but others suggesting that it might force them to rethink how much they increase interest rates by if they have any further increases at all. That's right. Like the, the Reserve Bank thinks wages growth will get above 4% uh, sometime over the next 12 months. But now with these figures coming in, you've got some economists saying it won't get that far, won't get that high. And we've heard this discussion a lot from the Reserve Bank. Oh, we're worried that we might see a wage price spiral or, or a price wage spiral. This sort of takes again that, hold on, that's probably not going to occur. So that takes concerns that inflation might get out of hand a little bit off uh, the Reserve Bank and those who have to make the decisions for interest rates. Mm. And what do you think? Are they on the right track, the Reserve Bank here? Because as you say, there's been a litany of failures in the past. There have been. Look, I think they're getting close to the top um, because it's not just what's going on in Australia because the Reserve Bank was late lifting interest rates. That's been part of their problem. So they've been trying to catch up. It's that we can see from overseas where a lot of inflation is coming from. Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, they've both contributed a great deal to the inflation pulse that's gone right through the global economy. They are starting to come off and uh, you might see inflation. It's hard to see it getting below 3% anytime soon, but I think you'll see it slowing uh, maybe a little bit more rapidly than had been expected through the next 12 months. Well, let's hope so, or else the rates will still keep rising. Yeah, that's right. And, and you've written in the paper today about the bank board itself. They need to fill a couple of board positions, and they're opening up the recruitment process to the general public. Why are they taking this move for well, the first time? Well, this is uh, the Treasurer's decision. It's not the bank's decision. This is uh, Jim Chalmers' decision to uh, to open up how... well see what's out there. So mm. at the end of the day, the, the treasurer of the day appoints the uh, six non-executive members of the of the board to those positions. And as Phil Lowe, the governor, was pointing out just a couple of weeks ago, it's not just him making the decisions about interest rates, it's everybody who sits around the table. And for, well, since 19, well, since the board uh, was created for 1960 and even before that, uh, when the Commonwealth Bank was the central bank, the Treasurer of the Day made these appointments. And the, you, can, you look through the long list and you can see <laughs> a fair few patterns developing. Male, uh, mostly t- tied to business, for instance. And there is a, an argument, and this is what the current review of the Reserve Bank uh, has, has been picking up, is that our board is really unusual in terms of where it, it, it gets its expertise from. And there's an argument that the makeup of the board has contributed to the problems it's had before COVID and since COVID in terms of working out where the economy is headed. So uh, Chalmers has decided, look, let, let's see who wants to put up their hand. And so he, it will go, the people who, who pass muster, and these are people who are going to have to have some experience around monetary policy or around... Uh, interest rates or wages, things in those real key areas, they'll go on to the, the picking, pecking list uh, for future board appointments. And it's a pretty good job in the sense that you meet 11 times a year with the other board members and you, you get paid a minimum of $77,600. 
but they only get cheap biscuits for their morning tea oh. uh, for those board meetings. That, that's the one big... Like, in terms of the importance of it, you get, uh, and having talked to some of the board members previously, they understand, look, you're right at the cutting edge of economic policy. Their decisions affect 26 million Australians. Which is why you want the broadest scope of experience to be brought to bear for those decisions. Because, I mean, rightly so. I think a lot of people are wondering whether or not these people who are sitting on the board have a full appreciation of the impact of the decisions they make. That is absolutely true. And this is one of the arguments that, say, the bank, the last trade unionist on the bank was Bill Kelty, who resigned in 1996. There has been a strong argument that if you had had someone from the union movement leading up to COVID, and even now, they'd be telling you wages are not out of control. But they, the bank was relying much more heavily on the, the people around the table and their own models, rather than getting, say, that cutting, that, that cold face sort of evidence of someone who actually knows how wages are set. And, and a lot of the economic data that they're basing their decisions on uh, is rear view data. It's, it's looking back at what has happened and, and that's what they're basing a lot of the decisions on. So, I mean, the predictions are one thing, but as you say, anecdotal evidence is one thing, but people who are at the coalface letting them know, I think it's a really important change to bring in. Yeah, it, it, like it is very difficult for any central bank because you're having to predict what will happen in, say, 12, 18 months' time. Look, I would love to predict that Collingwood will win the AFL Premiership this year. I'm saying that with no confidence, however, (laughs) and the world's not going to live or die or people's jobs won't live or die based on that prognostication. But for these guys, it is... And look, the Reserve Bank, I think they collect somewhere between five and 10,000 separate data points a month trying to get a read of the Australian and global economy. It's not an easy job Mm. by any stretch of any imagination. Well, we'll see who is willing to put their hand up for it. Shane, always good to talk. Thanks so much for joining us. Lovely to chat, Deb. Shane right there, Senior Economics Correspondent with the Sydney Morning Herald. And I wonder if you think you have what it takes to sit on the board of the Reserve Bank because you've got to know what you're talking about. 131873. And on the email, Gary says... The irony of this is if the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, applied for this job, based on his qualifications, he wouldn't make the short list of 20. Well, that's some view. That is true. But, yeah, what do you think? Would you have what it takes? Would you pass the muster? 131873.